Oh, what do we have here? A yes, special edition of Borderline. Yeah, man. We're moving into new, new, new territory now. Special editions. I know. I was actually thinking. I mean, I mean, I, I think that there's almost enough going on. We're we're getting really close right now in the sport of cornhole. Yeah. To to be able to do like a daily show. I mean, there's almost, especially now with all the you know with all the reveals coming out and with all the news and with all the qualifiers and uh, or the, the you know the applications being being sent out. Um, I mean, we really, I mean, there's, there's all, we're getting to that point where there's the, the, the off season is becoming shorter and shorter. Right. Yeah. And you could almost sure. do like a, like a daily segment. So, all right. So full disclosure, just to tell you what the heck we're doing today. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little nervous. You know, this technology stuff just, just Us slays me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's not, it's not even necessarily old people. It's just my old computer. And at right. some point I've got, I've had this MacBook since like 2015. So it's going on seven years old. And yeah, um, anyway, so we had we had a uh, we'll see if this works. If this works, Bernie, this can be a lot of fun and will allow us to do these special editions later on, too. But we had a player and we'll tell you more about it in a minute. We had a player who reached out to us and said, hey, listen, um, you know, I'd really like to do something special to reveal who my partner is going to be. And and uh, coming up later in the week, by the time everyone's watching this. Um, it's going to be Monday, I think, is when we're going to release this. So yeah. coming up on on the uh, regular edition of Borderline this week, uh, we're hoping to have Jason McCannon, Jamie Graham, and have some uh, have some fun with that, and have some reveal news with uh, with Fire Cornhole. But with all this stuff going on, we had this player uh, not affiliated with Fire uh, who called us and said, "Hey, we'd like to do something fun. Is there any way we can come on with you and Bernie and just kind of reveal?" Our, our partnership, our doubles partnership for the for the upcoming season. And so you and I were like, yeah, I think we can do yeah. that. So so we want to kind of throw it out there. I mean, anyone who wants to do this, I mean, if, if you want to kind of have some fun with it, I mean, Bernie and I, as long as this works, we should be able to pop on and do this kind of stuff and kind of have fun with it and, and yep. also kind of throw some some uh, some news out there. So ho- hopefully this hopefully this works. We'll see. <laughs> hey, uh, real quick, before we get into that, which is, you know, we're here for that for Eric and uh, his his partner. I do want to say something about some of the new pros and especially PVC players and the application process. I don't usually go online and get all mixed up into all the chatter out there in the interwebs about things, you know, because look, you know, as an organization, the ACL, you know, I think we've done quite a bit for the sport, but we do get blasted from time to time. We're not perfect. Mistakes are made. Yeah. But I've been reading a lot about how people are so upset about the application process and people feeling cheated. And, you know, look, there are some players that, you know, have a good gripe, uh, if you will, but the way they're handling it is a little unnecessary. And one of the things that really bothers me about it is people are acting as if this is the only way to qualify. Look, there were a number of ways people could have, could have qualified, right? a number of ways they could have done it. They could have done it through open points. They could have done it through the qualifier. They could have done it through their conference. So yes, there were a myriad of ways people could have qualified quote unquote on the boards. And it's been said time and time again over the last couple of seasons, because we've gone through it before that once it gets to the application process, it is completely subjective. Okay. That means that Trey, Josh, and a few others within the ACL go through it and they look, what have you done for the sport besides what you do? 
because you didn't qualify in the ways that you had to qualify on the boards. You didn't get it done. And and, there, and the league is in the league and Trey and them are fully transparent that it is a subjective it is completely subjective at that point. Okay. Yeah. And I even read a comment from one player like, what was what was the qualifier even for? What do you mean, what is it for? We took those 32 players, they qualified. We never said at any point was it going to be, oh, and we're also taking 33, 34, 35, and 36 in the application process. It was never said. It's never been said. It's been openly said by me on this show in the past, about a year ago. It's been said by me on the streaming stuff that we did during tournaments. It's been said over and over that once it gets to the application process, it is subjective. Okay? It's not the next person in line because we already have our pros. They're already set. They actually earned it on the boards. The way that people are acting, some of them, not all of them, but the way some people are acting about this is as if they were going to be the hundredth best player and they got screwed out of it during the application process. And that's simply not the case. Is there a gripe? Maybe that they're a little bit better than some of the people that made PDC and, and they didn't. Maybe, maybe there's a gripe there. But once again, that is subjective. Are some of those people, have they done things for the ACL in the past? Absolutely. Have they done things for the sport in the past? Absolutely. Do they have a social media reach that's beyond just the sport itself and helping grow the game? Absolutely. There are things and reasons that go into it. It's not some lark where Trey and Josh and a few others just sit in a room laughing about it as they look at these names and say, oh, whatever. It kills them to go through that process. It pains them to go through that process. So for people to act as if they've been somehow put upon by the ACL, I think is absolutely ridiculous. As a matter of fact, the only people that have a real true growth are the U18s that technically would have qualified. But due to what we have to do with gambling and a few others, we had to, we had to put a, tap, you know, a, a, a top on that at eight players. Those players actually have a gripe. Oddly enough, those aren't the players that are all over social media blasting the ACL and ripping the whole process. Now, going forward, it is going to be very much a meritocracy. It, you know, the, the application process is kind of going away. But it is astounding to me, astounding to me, the level of vitriol aimed at the ACL in this process as if we haven't taken the best pros available. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. And so that's, what, what, I'm off what, my soapbox. That, that's it. Uh, that, that was powerful. Seriously, that was powerful. So what What are the, I mean, are, are we talking a lot of people? Or are we just talking like a lot of things going on in our country right now? Uh, it's, I mean, you're a talking, few people well, making Well, one, making of, the, one of the things that bothered me is that not only the, you know, the, the people that kind of maybe got passed over, it's all these other people coming to their aid on social media and creating these kind of mini firestorms, right? And one of the things a lot of these people don't exist, don't understand, is that some of the people that got in had other pros that were already locked in going to bat for them. Right. Saying, hey, give this person a chance. Look what they've done for the sport in the past. You know, I, I think they deserve this shot because of everything else off of the boards that they do. Because once again, the application process, we've already qualified the players that qualified. Right. They act, they took care of their chances. They went to the opens. They qualified that way. They did what they had to do in their conference. They went through it that way or they went to the qualifier and did it that way. Are, are there a couple of mistakes here and there? Maybe. 
but not to the level of vitriol that you see out there. And I, I think it does the sport a disservice and it does a disservice to the players that are complaining the way that they are, because at some point you're going to need some help from the ACL. As far as becoming a pro, you're going to need some help, you know, getting your name out there. And like, and so what you're going to do is bash the one organization that can help you. That doesn't make any sense. And look, none of this is directed at me. I'm not part of the process. I'm not taking, this isn't a personal affront to Bernie. I'm not a part of that process. I don't have a say in that process. But to just see how people are acting, it's immature is the best way I can put it. Could it be Could it be that you're just a little extra salty this week because you shaved off your beard and just left the mustache? Yeah, I, I've lost a little bit of something <laughs> when I shave. I mean, I just, I feel bad could for it, Trey could it be and that Josh. <laughs> no, I, I honestly feel bad for Trey and Josh and a few others. Yeah by the way people are treating them as if they put no thought into it. They just took their friend, like a lot of thought went into this. This was a painstaking process for them that in no way did they take light. And they knew that certain feelings were going to be hurt. Look, I actually like the passion from some of the folks out there that didn't get it and taking it as, all right, you know, they, they're yeah. taking it as a slight, but you know what? It's going to make me better and I'm going to grind. I get that all day long, right? I get it. But the way that a few other folks are kind of twisting this and making this out to be some sort of, I don't know, man, it's, it's bothersome. And it speaks to how the sport has to grow. It really does. Well, I mean, like how the sport, ha- people have to mature and understand that process because that process was out there. It's not a, it wasn't an unknown that if you got to the application process, if you did not qualify on the boards with your play, that if it got to the application process, it was going to be subjective and it wasn't going to be the next in line in open points. It wasn't going to be the next person in line from the qualifier. That's not what the application process was about. And it was never expressed to be about that. And the fact that people don't understand that means, A, they haven't done their homework on the, on, on the process, and B, maybe get better and not have to go to that process. Well, Bernie, I think, I think I think I think that's a great. I think I think you're making some really great points and clarifying maybe a lot of things that were some gray area for people. It's not about taking number 33, 34, 35, 36. It becomes subject, subjective after that. And you're right. I mean, I can I can speak to to not the process, but I can I can speak to the fact that you're absolutely right. I mean, just talking to Trey, it it hurts to do this yeah. for them. They they don't want to leave people out. They don't want to. It's a really difficult process. And there are people that have done things for the ACL and the sport in general in the past that since this is kind of technically the last application process we're going to go through, they deserve that nod. They've done things over the years for the sport that matter. Right. And they're giving an, and look, it, they're not giving a nod into the top 125. And that's what kind of bothers me. It, it, people are acting as if they're somehow being taken away from the top of the sport. They're not. And they have, a, they have now the opportunity to go through this next season, through the opens, through their conference and through the qualifier again, next season to make their mark on the boards. And it is truly going to be a meritocracy going forward. Look, I get the fact that it would be bothersome and painful that if you think you're better than a few of the people that made it into the PVC, I get it. I understand that. I really do. I and mean, according and to the system and according to what you talked about, that's totally possible. That's totally possible. Right. Yeah. And I get it, but let's stop acting as if 
the ACL was after you as an individual and really going out of their way to hurt you as an individual when they're thinking about bigger things and a bigger picture and the sport in a bigger way. Yep. And, that, and, it just, and at the, the end of the day, Bernie, it never makes sense to burn bridges. Never. It just and doesn't. You know what, it just you know never, you, you'll never, I, I've never had somebody now, now in the, past the middle point of my life, unfortunately, I've never <laughs> met anyone successful at my age or older who has gotten there by burning bridges. Never, never, never happened. Not in my life. Not. Yeah. And, and you know what it kind of reminds me of to do a little college basketball analogy. It's, it's, it's tournament Sunday, right? When they come out with the brackets, right. And there's always the teams on the bubble and a few that don't get in, you know, and then they interview the coaches and the coaches are flabbergasted that they didn't get in and they never want to look in the mirror and say, you know, that game to St. Mary's that we lost at home, we probably shouldn't have lost that game. <laughs> You, you know that game to Georgia Southern, yeah. and we're a major, we're a top, you know, we're a power five conference. You know that game to Georgia Southern that we lost? Probably shouldn't have lost that game, right? If you win some of the games you're supposed to win, you probably get in, but instead you want to blast the committee on what they have to go through. But it, it reminds me kind of of that situation. All right, brother. Well, and that's well it. Said. I'm off my well, well, box. And congratulations well to everyone that got in. And I'm sorry yes. if you didn't try harder next season. Yeah. On a positive note, you're exactly right. Congratulations to everyone who got in. And great job, Bernie. Seriously, great job clarifying some of that. Because maybe, you know what, maybe this will hit home with some people. And they'll be like, okay, you know what? I get it. You're right. I get it. So good job. Good job clarifying that. Hey, um, so going back to today's special edition being you know, kind of a mini reveal show. Yes. Um, before we get to it, and we're still, we're, by the way, we're still waiting. So, so let's let's just be upfront with this. So, Eric Anderson is the player who reached out to us, and, and I've known Eric for for probably ever since I started in the game. He was probably one of the first people I met. So, I've known Eric for a while, and have, have had a really good relationship with him, and have learned uh, about his life and got to know him as a person on a much deeper level and everything he's been through in his life. So uh, we were totally happy that he reached out to us. Um, and again, I'm just hoping that on the, the technical side of this, that <laughs> that this all works out. We'll see. But uh, I was just about ready to joke that, that Eric's partner is already sitting back in the green room, but Eric is not here yet, but it looks like Eric now is finally coming through. So while we give him time to get ready real quick, your thoughts on Mark Richards being signed uh, by Mike Hennessy and Lucky Bags. Huge get. I, I tweeted about it, put it on Facebook yeah. over the weekend, but um, huge get, I thought, from Mike. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm trying to see if we can start to disclose maybe some of the contract details. Like, we all know what Dabo Sweeney signed for, right? We yeah. all we all know we all know um, you know the contracts that all pro pro players are getting. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see if we can maybe start to get a little bit of details on some of this. I don't know if we'll get it. I've reached out. If we get it, I'll pass those along. If they're not comfortable with it, we're not going to do it. But what were your thoughts with Mark Richards going to Lucky? I, I sent out a very brief, small tweet about that. Shot fired, right? In the bad game, that is a shot fired for Mike Hennessy. Yeah. That, is, that is a statement that, you know, he wants Lucky Bags to be a part of the con. And he already was with Trey and uh, Alex. Uh, he was yeah. already, you know, a major part of the conversation anyway. But this is Mike Hennessy saying, shot fired. Now, to the players, does that make a bit of difference? They're going to find a bag that works for those guys. You know what I mean? They're going to, they, they're professional players that play at the highest level of the game. They're going to find a game that works. What I find interesting and kind of I could, if make it analogous, possibly we'll see to remember when fire came out and, you know, Jamie was 
not vocal vocal, but, you know, had made it known that some of the fire packs didn't really work for him. He didn't feel as comfortable with them. But then the next year, they really found the bag that he liked. I mean, I'm wondering, yeah. do, do, do Richards and Lopez Jr. go through that same process? I don't know. It could be, you know, it could be, you know, money. The first bag they put in their hands, they're like, wow, this is it. This is going to take us to, the, you know, an even higher level, which would be tough. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, but yeah. I think for, for Mike Hennessy, that is a big shot fire to the rest of the cornhole world. I agree. I agree. So congratulations to Mike and the Lucky Bags and, and to Mark Richards and to the sport. And that's why I want to start. I mean, people, people, I'm telling you, people in my circle uh, are fascinated by the money because I, I have a lot of friends who are in business and they're fascinated by the financials. They're fascinated by the contract details, the money yeah. that's starting to flood into the sport, the fact that it's growing. And so that that's that's why I kind of like to talk about it because I think it's pretty interesting too to kind of watch the, the uh, sport grow financially. All right, you ready? Yes, sir. All right, so our guest, again, is Eric Anderson. He was a medalist in the 2020 USA Cornhole Doubles National Championships. He's been playing since he was just a kid, and he actually learned how to throw a flat bag, he told me anyway, when he was 12 years old, which absolutely disgusts me because here I am, a grown-ass man, still trying to figure out how to throw a flat bag. Uh, he was called up to play in the Cleveland Cornhole League at the age of 19, also won the 2018 Doubles Pro Invitational with Find Away Frank Moblin. So please welcome to Borderline for the first time a friend to the show and a friend of mine, Eric Anderson. And please, God, let this work. What's up? What's up, buddy? How are you, you got us? Yep, we're good. All right. Step step number three now complete. We got me, we got Bernie, we've got Eric. And and before we get to who is going to be your doubles partner for uh for the upcoming season. Um, first of all, thanks. Thanks for reaching out, bud. Uh, it was great to hear from you. Glad to do this with you. We'll start having fun with this and, and maybe we'll start doing some other reveals, but, uh, all right. So, so give us, give us some generalities about how, before, before we bring him on and before you give us his name, how, how, how do players, how did you decide who you were going to play with? Like what, what are the top one or two factors on who you're going to partner up with? So, you know, first factor is what relationship do I have with that person already? You know, have I built it, you know, in the past or is it something that could be built? Then bags, you know, bags are a big thing. I didn't really use that a ton this year because I already planned on throwing faster bags, you know, to kind of help my shoulder. Not so much like all slide, dark slide, shapeshifter fast, more of, you know, like a five, four, five, not the. Two, three, I've always thrown, uh, thrown my shoulder out and just can't last in a tournament. So a lot of those things were taken into consideration this year. Um, but mainly relationship, you know, where has that person grown over the years? Where, where is he now opposed to where was he in the past with previous partners? So all those things really factor in this year. And then, you know, ultimately I had other choices, you know, I, had some really good players. I don't want to state those players' names because it's just not something I want to do. But, you know, where can we go? Where can I see us going? You know, do I want to make a short-term partnership as I did last season or do I want a long-term? I chose long-term. You know, this isn't something I want to run just one year. This is years. You know, I want to dominate like Adam and Cody has. You know, I don't want to take the approach Jamie and Matt and Fire has you know, two and done, or, you know, I don't want that. I would rather dominate and be a top 10 doubles team for the next 10 years. But, you know, interesting uh, 
point that you're making about bags, I think sometimes like, like Jeff's friend Jade out there in the world that may not be the biggest cornhole aficionados, right? Like they really don't understand how important being able to throw a similar bag is because you can put great players together, but they throw a completely different style of bag, you know? And so all of a sudden what seems like a great partnership ends up going in the toilet because the bags, there's just no chemistry there. Can you explain a little bit how important that really is to a partnership? You know, this year, you know, I played with Ryan, um, you know, we created a, a relationship through shootouts and stuff. I had it in my head where, I was going to be the dirty player and he was going to keep me in games, just stroke the games out, you know, throw four bagger after four bagger. Didn't happen that way. We had a good season, you know, top 20. That's respectable. It's not where we wanted to be. Um, but being able to play a similar game and being able to rely on one or one or the other is going to be very important. I think over the way this game's grown. Um, you know, I've had partners where I've made TV with them. You know, I've had two different partners where I've made TV with both Chad Braun um, and then Ryan in the shootouts a year and a year or so ago. So, you know, it's just more of being able to be on the same page. You know, me and Chad, we butted heads and stuff. We we're never on the same page. Me and Ryan, we never butted heads, but I never truly felt like the connection and the chemistry on the court on the boards were there. Um, you know, he liked a certain volume, you know, thickness on a bag. And I, I can't throw bags that he truly loved. I did it as best as I could at times. Um, so going forward, it's just more of who's going to throw bags that I like, who can I agree with? So agreeing on a bag this year was a main focus. Yeah, that makes, that makes total sense. All right. Are we ready for this? Let's you do ready it. To, to reveal? So for the first time ever on Borderline again, th- please, please let this work. All right. <laughs> so Eric Anderson's doubles partner for the upcoming season is there he is. What's up, Timmy? It worked. Oh my God. Thank God it works so far anyway. <laughs> hey, brother. How, how you doing? You doing good? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. I got off of work early on this beautiful Friday, so I'm doing great. Good to see you. Good to see you. Well, hey, I'm I'm super happy for you guys. And we told Eric, thanks for reaching out to us. It's a lot of fun. I hope to do more of these in the future. But I get uh, Timmy. We'll start with you since you just popped on here. We were just talking with Eric. You might have been able to hear us about about uh, you know his key factors when you're choosing uh, doubles partners in cornhole. So here's my question, and we talk about this sometimes in the TV broadcast. But I'm interested to get both your opinions because both of you guys are are uh, you know guys who've been around the sport for a while now and know it. So you, you wouldn't think in cornhole that that doubles chemistry is a thing, right? I mean, you're on one side of the board. Eric's going to be on the other. You're 33, 35, 36 feet apart. Um, you know, wh- why why in cornhole? We've, we've seen it matter. Why does chemistry matter in doubles cornhole? So I, I think it's just huge because when you have that relationship, you can learn to trust the other person. And, like, me and Eric have been friends now for, like, good friends, hanging out all the time for, like, the last two two years now. So just knowing, like, uh, like I want to win for him. He wants to win for me. And, like, it just comes with we don't want to let each other down. So I think with chemistry comes that trust and not wanting to let each other down so you ultimately just play better because you don't want to let, let one of your best friends down on the other end. So 
That brings up an interesting point, and I, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make everybody tense real quick. Are we ready? I know where you're going. I know where you're going. This is actually I'm throwing this more to Timmy because if for me looking at this partnership from the outside, they usually have a player that people would consider the A player, and people might consider the B player. Timmy, in this instance, I think most people, and this is not a slight on you in any way, but most people would consider you the B player of this partnership. How much pressure do you feel accepting that role in a partnership? Uh, none, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, to be honest, <laughs> none. Uh, I'm gonna go out, I don't really, uh, truthfully, I don't really care what other people think from the outside. Um, that's just how I've always been, and uh, that's just who I am. Like I just don't care. So if they want to think I'm the B player they could think I'm the B player but if we're winning that's all I care about so truthfully no pressure um I just want to have a good year um I've got improved drastically from my rookie year coming into last year um so yeah I'm just ready to get after it this year and uh just prove that we're both A players there you go Bernie Bernie that that's actually not where I thought you were going with that because Uh-oh. you and I, you and I talked about this yesterday. I thought I thought you were going down, going to go down the road of of how Eric is a little bit more animated and a little bit oh, more vocal no. sometimes on the courts. No, so, no. So, I, I think so your friendship for, allows Timmy to handle that. Yeah. So, but so for me, I I like having that. Like, I'd want to play with a partner like Eric. You know, when when you say let's go, like if I miss a bag. And, and you call me out on it, I'm okay with that. Like, I've always been that way. Because if I've got someone, and no offense to Mark Richards, because I love Mark. I really do. Terrific guy. If I've got someone on the other side, like Mark, saying, it's, it's okay, it's okay. I don't respond to that as a person. I need someone to motivate me and say, what are you doing? You need to be better. So, so right. Eric, I mean... It, it, where where does that where does that come from? Were you were you coached that way when you were younger? Why why where does that passion come from? So you know, growing up, I always played team sports: football, basketball. My father was very blunt. My mother was. So was my brother. So growing up in that type of environment, I like being told and I like being called out because I think at the end of the day, when I'm told what's going wrong and how I could fix it, then I can. And I think that's where this past season I may have fell backwards because, you know, Ryan doesn't talk at all. Ryan is a loner on the courts, you know, and that's not a, you know, a punch at him or a stab. It's just more of the way it is. I'm more of a person like if you tell me I'm going to try to do it, you know, I'm more vocal because I like to talk team sports. You talk back and forth. You know, so that's the way I've always been. Um, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it in my – I want people to know that I, I – so if someone doesn't know it, then what's the point to me? Right. You know, I'm vocal. I'm going to tell you the way it is. And I think Timmy can agree that in tournaments past, people look at him, oh, he doesn't talk as much. No, he talks. He will talk. And I think that's the <laughs> big Yeah, like – uh Eric and I have that relationship where, like, after a game, if I suck, he can, like, just come up and tell me, like, dude, you suck that game. Like, let's get it going. <laughs> and I tell him the same thing, like, tell him what he did wrong and that he stunk. But uh, no hard feelings at the end of the game. I played team sports my whole life, and I'm in sales. So I can get smacked around a little bit and be all right. So that's all there right. There you go. I bet, <laughs> yeah. But it's, it, it's an interesting point, though, right, because that style of conversation doesn't work with everybody. 
I mean, you guys know it. You, you've been out there. You've seen how everyone is on the boards. You know that there's certain people that play out there that, you know, I, I probably could never play with that person because there's no way they could handle me saying something to them. Right. Yeah, right. You know? And I think if you look back to when I had the best double success, I played with Chad Braun. Chad, we all knows a hothead. You know, <laughs> we had no problem getting into it. You know, for actually an example, 2020 final chase, we're in the final four. Me and him got into it in the parking lot after we lost. Yeah. You know, so being able to call each other out and hold each other accountable, I think is huge. You know, cornhole is not viewed as a team sport. Well, doubles is a team sport. Absolutely. So if we can tell each other and help each other grow as a player and we can grow as a doubles team, it's going to just help us. Hey, Timmy, do you think you respond to that type of stuff? I mean, being coached hard like that? Yeah, I think I'm cool with that. Um, I played, uh, like like I said, growing up, like literally through high school, I played three sports. I played college soccer. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just used to that. Like uh, that, that's nothing new to me. So I think I, res- I pref- uh, like respond very well to that. And so you Eric, see that. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Jeff. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Bernie. Cause I was going to switch. No, topics. I, was saying, go ahead. I was saying you see that attitude more, I think in people that grew up playing team sports, Yeah. you know, for, for the athlete, for the cornhole players that weren't really great athletes growing up or, or, or whatever, they just didn't, they didn't play a lot of sports growing up. They don't see it, seem to be able to handle that well, but you can always tell the folks that play team sports that come from a background where people yelled at each other. That's what I mean. That's that. That's part of it. I mean, you had times where someone got in you, right? They were all over you to do better. That was part of playing team sports. So I think the people that did play team sports usually don't have the same type of issues with that kind of conversation. You should uh, you should see us after the show. Bernie will call me yeah, and say, man. "Dude, you suck yeah. today." You've got to do a better job. Could next you week. please let me talk, Jeff? That's usually yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's let's switch subjects because uh, I don't, I don't want to keep you guys too long uh, here today. But Eric, I, I'm interested to get your thoughts on the sport. I mean, this is so much fun to be able to have you guys on to reveal this. Um, you know, the news broke over the weekend about Mark Richards signing with Lucky Bags. You know, the fact that it's a big deal. The fact that it's a huge get for Mike Hennessy and for his company. The fact that Mark was was receiving multiple offers. Eric, the fact that you could choose from many different players to to play with. Uh, we're going to talk to Jason McCannon, McCannon and Jamie Graham next week and have some reveals with Fire Cornhole. Mark Pryor has been working behind the scenes, obviously, with, with Ultra. I mean, can, can you believe, Eric, the level that this sport has gotten to in such a short time? I remember in 2016, I was traveling – to Cherokee, North Carolina for 50 grand. And now that's first place at times in certain tournaments, you know, Spencer's was 30. I think, I don't remember exactly the numbers at Worlds, but I've been doing this since the start pretty much when the ACL started. I think I was a year after they started, you know, being one of the original 20 pros in the league and being able to requalify every year and, you know, improving and showing people that, this can be a legitimate thing. You know, I think for me, someone that grew up in, you know, a harder neighborhood in Cleveland, being able to do something like this, travel the country and make the money that we can, you know, and having kind of untapped potential, you know, is there really a ceiling on what we can earn? No, not really. So I think it's great for the sport to see players get big deals, see players grow. 
because more players that break into the bigger numbers, more players are going to get it. I think this falls suit with like the NFL, you know, like this past off season, the Browns guaranteed someone $230 million. I think <laughs> it's going to keep growing to where you're going to see a lot more money being handed out as these companies grow. I think I think this is why you bring up a great point. I think this is why we see so many players break down too after just emotionally after winning, because I, I think you're right, Eric. I think behind the scenes, you know, there's a lot of people saying, "What are you doing? It's cornhole. Why are you, you're never going to make any money? You know, why? What? You know, what is this? Is this a joke?" And I, I think when when someone like a Mark Richards wins and breaks down on stage, and Shelby his girlfriend, I, I think a lot of that is just emotion because when you guys win at such a high level, I think it justifies your decision. I think it justifies all your hard work. And I think there's a part of it where you're like, see, I told you I could do it. How, how much of that is there? Oh, there's a ton of that. Like, so for me going out of COVID, you know, financially, I'm not great. You know, I'm self-employed at the time. I'm pushing through trying to make it. I come out, I had success right away. You know, I think there was the pro invitationals before the shootouts, if I'm correct. Yep. You know, me and right. Chad, I think we went two out of the three weeks in June or whatever. We hit TV twice. So, therefore, there I hit my incentives. You know, I made money. I think there's a lot of it that goes into it. And then I think that year I tied for 13th in singles. And then me and Chad were a top 10 doubles team. I remember someone telling me I could never do it. I made sure I messaged that person right away to tell them, like, you were wrong. So, I think a lot of it has to do with all of that, you know, proving people wrong, making people sh- show them like, this is legitimate. This is a real thing. Like I remember when me and my girlfriend got together, I told her what I did and she was like, what? She left, <laughs> you know, I worked for a company and then I played professionally. They're like, no way. And then she got to see it firsthand. So therefore, you know, she became a believer in it and she actually pushed me. This past year was hard mentally for me. I was dealing with a lot of personal things. She didn't let me quit. At one point in April, I was ready to quit. Like I had a resignation letter and everything wrote up. I was ready to give it in, just throw in the towel. But she didn't let me. And I think, you know, this year, a lot of that emotion will come out and it will show, you know, why I didn't quit. And I think people will see it. Like this is just as important to us as it is to an NFL player winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. Speaking of girlfriends that uh, love cornhole, Timmy, you, 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 you got you got to like having a fellow pro in in the house. Yeah, man. We, we worked hard for that. She put in a lot of time, a lot of practice with me, tweaking her throws. Man, she was so happy to get in, and I was just happy for her. So she she worked hard for it. She earned it, and truthfully, I think she deserves it. So I can't wait to see how she does this year. I really can't. Looking forward to it. Well, don't let her get too good because then Bernie's going to make fun of you about being number two in your hey, own home. Hey, I told her, I told her, I'm still going to shut her out. <laughs> shut her out, 21-0 if I play her at a tournament. <laughs> so <I'm ready> to <laughs> well, Tim, Timmy, as we wrap things up, though, same question to you. I mean, you're, you're the pride of Baldwin Wallace University. I mean, I remember, I, I remember, I remember seeing you on TV during the uh, collegiate national championships, and 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 that that was actually that might have been the first event that I ever broadcast with Trey. I mean, who knew, right, that we'd be yeah. sitting here a few years later doing this, right? Hey, that was the first event you've ever broadcasted. That was the first event I ever been to. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> wow. 
So, uh, yeah, before then, I started playing cornhole like two months before I went to that tournament. Wow. Uh, so I've really only been at the in the sport for like four years now. And uh, just to see the growth that it's had in four years is incredible. And uh, the opportunity opportunities it's given me, like through my social media um, and sponsorships, it's just like it's crazy to see it. And like I talk about it and I tell people I play pro and they're like, oh, that's crazy. Why is it just like? backyard a couple hundred people tournament i'm like no i tell them all about it then they look at my social media and they're like whoa this is legit <laughs> so it's good to like get in and show everyone and just spread uh spread awareness about the game i love that part of it too so well hey uh guys thank you again so yeah. much for reaching out to us and uh eric i i at I really want to have you on the show again. Timmy, we'll talk again as well. For those who don't know, Eric has an extremely powerful background, family background. Eric, I appreciate everything that you have uh, been through and, and appreciate your friend friendship and uh, everything you do for, um, you know, raising awareness for cancer. I know that's been a big story in your life and, and we will definitely have you on sometime to, to talk about that. But uh, Hey, congratulations guys uh, on this partnership. And I can't wait to watch you guys next year. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us. 2021 disaster, so we're gonna yeah. we're gonna prove a lot of people wrong this year. Yeah, heck yeah, looking forward right to on. It. Looking forward to it. All right, guys. Hey, uh, congratulations again, and we'll talk to you both again soon. Thanks. All right, that is Eric Anderson and Timmy Jonas playing together for the 2022-2023 season coming up. By, by the uh, way, that was fun. Thank God it worked. The, the yeah, technology. By the way, look that. at you handling that. Look at you handling that like a producer back over there. Just making wow. it happen. That was a miracle. Seriously, the, the fact that I just freaking pulled that off. Oh, man, I'm glad that it worked. But, but that was you, fun. I mean, hopefully we can do some others. That, that was a lot oh, of fun. Absolutely. And, and, and again, thanks, Derek, for reaching out. That was that was fun to do. I'm actually, you're going to be mad at me. I'm doing a show on, on well, I guess it's going to air on Monday. I'll be on later with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione giving away a few. I think there's five what? reveals there we're doing. Yeah. You're doing a reveal with somebody else? I know, man. I got I, I got the email today. I just well, got I notified. But know. I didn't get an email. Well, it's that normal bracket breakdown show that Trey and I did. You son of a bitch. No, I, I can't know. believe that. I, I'm a cheater. I, I'm you, always you, out there. I've, I've always I've always got to keep my options open. How about yeah. how about this? How about I'll come on if Jeff comes on with me? How about something like that? I mean, so <laughs> so you left my ass in California in, in the Uber and now and now you're going on another show with reveals. Oh, whatever. Man. Whatever. You know, you know what I will do? Whatever. You know what I will do? I'll send a message to Trey that, that you want to be on the show too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to be on it anymore. I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hey, that was fun. Seriously. Glad that was glad awesome. Do and, that. and by the way, when people watch this, seriously, what better way to do it, right? What better way to get your team out there than going through us? I think it'd be a lot of fun for people. Yeah. A little pub and, yeah. and, uh, and, and we're happy to, we're happy to do it. You know, it's, it's, uh, Colin Cowherd talks about this on his radio show. And I think it's, I think it's a good way to put it. There's big J journalism and there's little J journalism. I don't know if you've ever heard of him talk like, yeah. like big J journalism. You're out there doing investigative stuff. You're breaking stories, little J journalism. You're just kind of informing people and kind of putting the word out. And that, and that's, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing. We're just trying to get the word out little J journalism and yeah. spread the word. And, and, uh, that, that was fun. That was good. I love Cowherd by the way. A lot of people <laughs> dislike him. I've always loved Calvert. He's a little polarizing. But yeah. I, I don't agree He's with everything he says, obviously, I, but I, I, I love either. the way he does it. <laughs>
All right, brother. Well, hey, uh, I guess I'll talk to you again here in just a few days, and uh, we'll probably have some big announcements with Fire Cornhole coming up. What what a what a crazy couple weeks this is going to be. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right, dude. Thanks everybody for watching, Bernie. I'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. Hi, right, bud. Bye.